checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. All right. Y'all ready to get into the ending of our diplomat? All right. Uh, Let's go back over to John chapter 12. Again, I want to highlight some of these verses we've said uh, to bring us in to this point that we want to get to tonight. Um, Just really, we've had great, I just want to thank you for coming to Kingdom Rise. We've had a great turnout. You know, when we evaluate each time we do one, you know, you want increase. Uh, You want to make sure that, you know, more people are coming because the message is so powerful. Right? I mean, has the kingdom changed anybody's life? Right? Can anyone admit I was in religion and then I heard the kingdom? Yeah. And is the kingdom better than religion? Yeah. I mean, it sets you free. (laughs) It sets you free. And so, you know, it's always good to see increase and we appreciate you coming, taking time to get off work or arranging things with work so that you can be here Uh, because, you know, these are our divine appointed times, you know, again, it's so easy to just get in the routine of something and then forget what's going on. Uh, You know, God has no problem with saying, hey, let's do something a little different. Uh, Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you've been with our sessions in the morning, you know, Pastor Mark gave me a great message today when he started talking about, you know, free gifts. And, um, you know, he says at the end of the day, it does cost us something, you know, because as long as it's in our mind free, there's no value. And if you don't value something, then you're really going to be in religion because all you want to do is wait till you go to heaven when you die. And that's not what God's intent was. Going to heaven when you die is going to be great. You'll be called up together and be with him, right? You'll be present with the Lord. That's awesome. And wherever he is, I want to be. So when he comes back to planet earth, I want to be with him. (laughs) Amen. So things are good. All right. With that being said, John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50 says this. For I do not, uh, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me gave me a command as what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, uh, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Uh, Jack Hayford did a commentary uh, in the Bible, and he, in his studies, he makes a mention concerning the Apostle John. Because in the Gospel of John, John uses this word eternal life. And when he was writing this, there was such persecution in the church because the, the apostles and disciples were really spreading the kingdom. If you read the book of Acts, you see that Philip went to Samaria and he went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom and things concerning Jesus. Paul himself did this as well. So this was their mode of of, of Communication. They understood what the gospel really was. It was the kingdom. They were not trying to sell a religion. All right. But the Roman Empire was cracking down on Christianity so hard because they saw it as a government threat. So John picks up the word eternal life instead of saying the kingdom. Now, John can't put eternal life in there unless the Holy Ghost had told him. Are you hearing me? This is a very good point as we begin to move forward into our 
study of diplomat because God's desire is so that his nation can influence other, the other nation. When he sends an ambassador, the goal is that he can have a peaceful dialogue and win that other nation over to, to our nation's thoughts because our king, his words are life. They're life, all right? So it doesn't surprise me that the Holy Ghost, at the because you understand, John's been, um, they've tried to kill him multiple times and cannot kill the man. I mean, he has been the subject of being a martyr on more than one occasion. They bowl the man in oil and he's still alive, right? I mean, he's our um, um, new covenant dispensation or age of the fiery furnace. Instead of them putting him in a fiery furnace, they put him in bowl and oil and he still came out. So they're like, we can't kill the guy. Let's put him on an island. <laughs> Let's exile him. We'll just cut him off from society, right? So it's obvious that God begins to talk to him because he, God wants the opportunity to engage in conversation diplomatically, right? He wants to do that, just as we've talked about some parables in our morning sessions. God hid truths so that those who are hungry could find them. In fact, when you look at the Gospels, there are times that, again, Jesus said, I speak in parables to hide things because those who are hungry will find them, but those who don't want them won't get it. But he says there, at other times, he started to say he spoke to the disciples plainly. This is no parable, no story. I'm just telling you. And one of the things he said to them plainly was, I'm going to die, but in three days, I'm going to be raised up. That was very plain, very emphatic. Okay. Um, but when it comes to diplomacy with a hostile nation, okay, there are only two nations in the earth. There's the holy nation of God, and then there's the nation of the devil. Okay? Both nations can be kind. Because evil can be kind. Evil can even look like light. Evil can laugh. Are you hearing me? Okay. So the Lord wants this discourse. That's why he had Paul pen. He said, live at peace. Live at peace with all men as far as you can. So you know, even though Jesus said, do you think that I came to bring peace? He says this. He said, no, I came to bring a sword. Uh, division's coming. Now, what is he saying? Did I come to to make everybody mad and stir up anger among people? No. Was he trying to run people down? No. But he knew the minute the people receive the kingdom and get into the kingdom, they are going to be a different nature than everyone else. And all of a sudden, the way they think, behave, and act are is going to look different than someone else. And that division can happen in a household. Between a husband and a wife, between... Uh, uh, parents and children, between siblings, definitely in the workplace. I mean, we are two different people. I'm a new creature in Christ. You're still with your father, the devil, and he's a liar, right? You are still of sin, but I've been made righteous, okay? And so he says, I didn't come to bring peace where we're all just going to get along. What I brought was my kingdom, and it's going to cause a separation, 
But in my approach, I'm going to do it diplomatically to try to help you come over into my kingdom. Are you hearing me? So Jesus then, by the Holy Ghost, obviously, says, John, so much attention is happening with the church concerning the kingdom. At this point, it's going to be better that when you address them, just say eternal life. So it kind of, it, it, it lightens the blow of Rome. But here's the problem. If you don't know that that's the purpose behind eternal life and that eternal life is really saying the kingdom. Because again, let's just go to a scripture that we know everyone knows, right? For John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would have Okay, but what if we put the word kingdom there? Now you're like, man, I wish you'd have said that, right? Let's say that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have the kingdom. And that's what we're getting. We're getting the kingdom. I said we're getting the kingdom. My point is, is that God has no problem with in his language to communicate his side, to be able to communicate in a way that helps the aggressive, hostile nation not be uh, to be a little more at peace. Are you hearing me? He doesn't have a problem with that. Does it always function that way? No. Because. Sometimes the Lord wants to engage a relationship with a nation a totally different way. But I'm saying it's not because he hasn't tried to bring peace first. Tried to get them to change their thinking first. All right. But if they don't, then obviously things will get a little bit different. All right. With that being said, John obviously says here in 50, I know that his commands is the kingdom then. In essence, I know that when my, when my father speaks, he speaks from the throne. Yeah. So this is kingdom talk. This is the government's position. Yeah. In essence, Jesus is saying, I am the greatest ambassador you've ever seen on the planet. Yeah. Right? And Jesus was the greatest one. Yes. Jeremiah was a great ambassador yeah. because he represented God. Yeah. Okay. But the reality is he talked to God a few times like, man, I don't want to do that. Man, I, I, I'm trying. He even was, had a whole conversation about, I'm trying not to do it, but your words like a fire shut up in my bones, man. I got to preach it. But I was like, shut this down. I'm done with this. <laughs> Jesus didn't have that conversation with his father at all. He only had a conversation with his father about his will. Like, I really don't want to be separated from you. Outside of that, whatever my father says, I do because I'm not here to represent me. I'm here to represent my father and his kingdom. Right? And Jesus is our Lord. So we should follow that example. We'd get in less trouble if we do. Amen. Now, I don't mean we'll avoid trouble, but we'll get in less trouble. John 5, 30 says this, I can, can of my own uh, self do nothing as I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the father who hath sent me. 
Let me do it this way. Uh, now, let me read these next couple, and then I'll say it. John six thirty eight. these are review. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Verse 5, uh, John 5, 19, John 5, 19. Therefore, Jesus answered and said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it's something he sees the father doing. For whether the, whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. Okay, the kingdom ambassador principle, because we can't even talk about being a diplomat or being diplomatic unless you understand you are an ambassador and the ambassador speaks for the kingdom and does not represent himself, only the kingdom. That's what Jesus did. What's his first message? He publicly preaches after he came up out of the Jordan being baptized by the spirit. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent is not a religious word. It means change your thinking. And is that not what happens when our ambassadors engage other nations? They're saying you should change your thinking on what you're wanting to do here. Right? It also means side with my party, which means why don't you come over to our thinking and the way we do government? And our ambassadors do that. You need to change your thinking on, on your approach towards our nation right now. You might want to side with our party. <laughs> right? He said, repent for the what? Kingdom of God is at hand. And man, we're learning a powerful lesson in the, uh, in the morning sessions about this kingdom. I'm going to mention it here because not all of y'all been in service. But the kingdom of God we are in, okay, is in is one kingdom in two ages. Okay? Jesus inaugurated this kingdom to be able to come back to the earth through humanity. Remember what he said when you pray, pray this way. Our, whose father? That's your daddy and my daddy. He's your daddy if you're born of God. If Jesus is Lord of your life. God's not your daddy if Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life. You got some other make-believe God, and you may call him God, and you may associate him with Jesus, but the reality is unless you have laid down your life and lived for him totally, then there's a false reality in your religion. Amen? This is total lordship. But the, your father is Jesus' father. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on as it is, and there's no rebellion in heaven anymore. It happened once and it got kicked out. And there's never been another rebellion, ever. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. <laughs> that was dumb, right? Because the kingdom has never lost a battle. God's kingdom has never lost a battle. Hallelujah, his kingdom's love. It is love. He will always do his word. His word meets every condition necessary so that God will fulfill his whatever he says, period. Amen? So here, um, Jesus then is the greatest representative of an ambassador because he only does what the Father says. That's all he's doing. That's all he ever did. And every conversation then we can conclude now is he's having direct communication with the home country on how to navigate with these other nations. And when we say nations, we're not just talking territory, landmass. 
Because by all rights, a nation is not territory, it's people. And then if we didn't believe that, then nobody would in here would be calling themselves an Irish American, an African American, an, an Indian American. You wouldn't do that. Because you're not actually in India. I mean, except for Pastor Jay right now. Other than that, you're not. But now he's a citizen of India. But we see people, and that's how we identify, right? Uh, a people group. So, you know, people then identify on the outside. They identify also by how they behave, their culture. And even if they're not on, in their home country, they will have a connection with the land that they're not even of. Right? Now, I don't have a problem with that if you'll do that spiritually. Because I am connected with a land that I'm not currently residing in. Meaning heaven's perfect government system that I was originally a part of in God's mind when he created heaven and earth in the first place. Let us make man in our, in our likeness and let them have dominion. So I'll be, I have a heaven realm that I rule. I gave them the earth realm that they rule. I own all this, but I'm going to let them because they're like me. Let them rule. But when Adam ate the fruit, sin entered the world, and the Lord had to step in. And so Jesus comes and says, I've come to represent the kingdom because it's the kingdom that man lost. Man did not lose heaven. Man did not fall from heaven. Man lost dominion and lost access to the kingdom of God. Amen. So God wants heaven to manifest in the earth. And the way heaven will manifest in the earth is through his ambassadors. Right? And so then they are dealing then with uh, a hostile nation. Those that are outside the kingdom of God and they're having relation, diplomatic relations in trying to get them to change their thinking and the position they're in because if they actually sided with the kingdom, they would be able to enter into life. Okay? So an ambassador speaks for the kingdom, does not represent himself only the kingdom. The, and the ambassador is the kingdom's agent for conveying its will, desires, and purposes in the territory to which he or she is, is assigned. We read in Ephesians that there's an ambassador there, Ephesians 6. I'm not going to read that scripture tonight, but 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 20, I'll read it. It says, now all these are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, that means the king, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So a diplomat, when, he's do, when he is doing diplomatic things through diplomacy, he is trying to bring reconciliation with a nation that has become hostile. They have had a sever in relationship. God has had a sever, sever in relationship with humanity because of the fall of Adam, and now he's trying to reconcile them back. And he uses his ambassadors to do so. And he's always used this role of ambassadors. Someone to represent him and his word. He did it in the Old Covenant or Old Testament or even before the law. He's done that. He also does it now in this one. And he'll do it in the age to come. So this kingdom, which stretches between two ages, we're in an evil age now. Meaning, 
that even though Jesus has stripped the devil of his authority, he did not take him out of the planet. That comes in the millennial reign. So that tells us then is that we will have challenges. Jesus said, in this life, you'll have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. At the end of the day, as pastor is going to really teach on this tomorrow, because we are in his kingdom that stretches to ages, even though we're in a present evil age where we still see sin, we still see this hostile nation, we still see these that are going against and attack God's nation. It's no different than what we see happen with China towards the U.S. right now and Russia towards the U.S. right now. It's no different. They're hostile. They, why? Because they want to become the global power. They want all other nations to what? Bow down to them. Well, you understand the world wants the church to bow down to it. Because the devil has only wanted one thing, for God to what? Bow down to him. But we are the superior nation. Not, and I don't say that in an arrogant or conceited uh, um, way. I mean, God is superior. And we're of his class. We're the God class. We're the God kind <coughs> who happen to be kings. So the cool thing about the kingdom we're in, because it stretches across two ages, which really when we say two, we could almost say three because it goes into the perfect government with a new heaven, new earth. Okay. But the reality is it's going and I have no end now that Jesus, when his resurrection, it's available. We can function in it. We can pull heaven to earth. And how do we do this? Because we stretch over into this millennial reign time period and pull those benefits into now. We can be healed now. <laughs> right? We can prosper now. Have all our needs met now. Because we pull it over by faith. Because we're in a kingdom that has already exceeded time. I mean, we're trying to catch up to where it is. Hallelujah. All right? So we're reconciling then this evil nation or hostile nation. We want to uh, get them back in good relationship with God. Not that we let our saying, stay in your nation and just be at peace with God. We're saying, you need to come over to this nation. Because your resistance is futile. <laughs> Right? Verse 19 says, namely that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Uh, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, therefore we are what? We're ambassadors for Christ. Okay? As though God were making an appeal through us. Y'all doing all right? Um, so we are a diplomat then. We are one employed and skilled in diplomacy. This is, I, and I would say this, we are called to be an ambassador, but many are not actually skilled in diplomacy. So if you're going to be a diplomat in your office which it, of ambassador, which is the highest rank a government can give its citizen, you're going to go and represent me. So again, we said yesterday, when, you, when people see you, they don't meet you, they meet a nation. So you've got to quit living for self. And you've got to get rid of personal savior mentality. Did Jesus personally die for you? Yes, 
because you're included in everyone he died for. I've heard it taught this way. You know what? If you were the only one, Christ would have came. Nope, would not have. If nobody would have gotten right with Jesus, he still would have came. Even if the whole world would have still rejected him, he still would have came because he would have been able to rightly judge us that I said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion. Jesus said, I have made dominion available for them again. All they have to do is, is receive it by faith. And if none of humanity wants to get back in that position, I'm not a liar. So if no one after Adam would have ever repented, and believed Jesus still coming to the planet and is going to die. Because God says, I'll do my word. And what did he say? I'm going to bring my seed through the woman. So he was bringing his seed whether you're going to accept it or not. So don't think that Jesus just came for you. Jesus came because the father said, I'm sending my seed. Good news is you can get in on that. That's what's exciting is that you can get in on that. But we have really kept this kind of God mentality that we've had ourselves, even when we come over to Jesus. Oh, well, he just died for me. I'm so special for him. It's like, man, I, I came because daddy said I had to. You just get the benefit of that deal. Because how do I know you're going to, you know how many people are not accepting him? You know how many are going to be cast into the lake of fire, which is second death? How many? The Bible says it keeps growing. Wide is the gate that leads. And many, and every one of them could have had dominion, could have been restored. And Jesus died for them. So we're not more special. Everyone that would be cast into the lake of fire, he loved them. But he gave them what they wanted. According to his word, if you don't accept me, this is the condition. And love puts you in the lake of fire. Because you chose to be without him for eternity. Just say amen anyway. All right. So we are to be employed in diplomacy. Diplomacy is the art and practice of conducting negotiations between nations. Skilled in handling affairs without arousing hostility. This, I know why the Lord brought this to my spirit about the diplomat because, and I hear him say to me, he says, son, the reason why is because my church, my ambassadors, my saints are, are inadequately trained to negotiate with the world. They're, they're inadequately trained. Why? Because watch, they want to be hostile. Especially as the day gets darker, the more we're going to want to be more, if you don't watch out, hostile. But God's not asking you to be hostile. He's asking you to exhibit diplomacy. And diplomacy is to try to, make, try to change thinking in peace the, first and foremost. All diplomats, the first thing is not, we're going to blow you up if you don't do what I say. That's not step one. <laughs> step one is like, can we come to the table and have a conversation? So I'm not really sure why you're thinking like this. I mean, what's going on that you're exhibiting so much hostility towards me? We need to 
reestablish some relationship here. So any diplomat who can get hostility of a nation back to very peaceful terms is always the best way to go. Unfortunately, some nations do not respond. And when that takes place, even God does things different. And we're going to see examples of this. But in these last days, when number one, it says, when Jesus comes back, will we find faith in the earth? Also, he said, in the last days, there will be such lawlessness and that the hearts of many, will, the, the love of many will grow cold, meaning the agape, Christian's hearts grow, which means when you're watching TV, you'll get so mad. Okay, I'm preaching. So mad at these anti Antichrist legislations, ungodly, demonic things. I mean, mad. So mad, you're like, we got to do, listen, the Bible's already letting us know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket in one sense, right? It's not our, I mean, it's fantasy thinking as an ambassador think you're going to change everybody. In fact, the Bible actually lets us know more are, are not going to get in. I mean, it's, that's just an unfortunate piece of information we already have from the king. I mean, I feel like the church is in such a delusion right now. Man, there's going to be this great harvest before the return of Jesus. I, I don't know how great it'd be. I mean, I believe there's going to be a harvest. But I think there's going to be a massive harvest in the catching away of the church. And many of them are going to get right on the other side because they're going to be like, Lord, he said, man, I was not intimately acquainted with you. Many people during the tribulation because they have a knowledge of God, gonna realize, listen, can I just help you? Don't. You don't wanna be left in the tribulation. Just voluntarily yield now. I remember telling um, um, a particular um, child of a parent that they were struggling with obeying their parents. And so, you know, I met with them, and I said, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. You're, you're going to have to submit, period. This little issue that you got with submitting to what, you know, the person over you, this, is, this is, will happen forever in eternity. Okay? Um, and here's the thing. Submission is going to happen in your life. So you can either learn to voluntarily submit to your parents' rules right now, with peace, okay? Or there's going to come a day that you will be forced into submission because the police are going to put you somewhere. Unfortunately, they didn't listen to my advice and they received forced submission. So now they're told when to get out of the cell, what they're eating, what they're wearing. <laughs> now, on the inside, they can still be full of rebellion, saying, I'm not submitting. You're submitting because you're not saying, I'm not going to wear this prison uniform. You're wearing the prison uniform. I'm not going to eat this. Well, fine, then you'll die and starve to death. No problem with us. That'd just be less taxpayer money. But you find them eating it. Right? 
Now, there may be a lot of conflict, might get into a lot of fights, might have a lot of uh, um, prison guards, you know, tasing them, whatever they do there in the prison system. But it's for submission. You don't want to be left behind because then it's going to call, it most likely is going to cost you your actual life. You'll have to just go ahead and prove it through being martyred. But if you're having a hard time on this side being volunteering, then you're going to take the mark of the beast, man. Let's just go ahead and be honest. That's just going to be a rough deal. And you're going to know. I am putting my allegiance to the Antichrist. Because you couldn't do it with a God that was talking to you here. Just say amen anyway. So in these last days, he said, man, there is going to be trouble. Troubling times. So we've got to get our diplomacy on. We've got to be diplomatic. We're already, the, the, the nation's hostile towards us. Right? You don't take a COVID shot. They're hostile. Before that time, whether you took shots or not was not even a. And whether you took a shot or not, I don't care. It's what's happening behind it. I mean, Walmart and Home Depot can stay open. But all of a sudden, the church got shut down. That's hostile. But now, do, do they come, again, in diplomacy, what is the enemy? What's the, this is what we're going to do. We're going to negotiate with you. We need you to close the doors for a set period of time. But now, because of the stress of this moment and the isolation, we're going to keep ABC Liquor open. Oh, did not liquor stores stay open because alcoholics in their home without being able to get what they're addicted to, that, that hostile government said, no, we got to keep feeding what keeps them not being sober-minded. We got to keep adding to How can San Francisco be ha handing out heroin to people all over the streets? Right? My point is, is that that can't make you mad. Now, at the end of the day, it will grieve you. I get it. But you understand, there are, out of all the time, think, let's just go with Jesus real quick. Okay, we're talking about diplomacy. How many times did Jesus get angry and it's recorded? One time, you bet. In the temple. So we know that the father says, what they doing in my temple right now, I am not well with. And my action towards this is you're going to go up in there and you're going to knock them tables over. You're going to find you a whip and you're going to drive them all out. And you're going to remind them that there's only one. We are going to use some brute force in our diplomacy to get the house back. Now, did he do that? But how many times did he get mad at everything else? Okay. So that tells me then in all the stuff that God did and the, Jesus did in negotiating with a hostile nation, anger was the least thing he did. Yet most Christians, because they're carnal, are angry. 
and they're using scripture. But Jesus didn't do that. Now, did Jesus have issues with the religious? Yeah, but you know what? He didn't have issues with the world. So the only part of the hostile nations that he, in his diplomatic approach was, is those who actually had access to me and should know, and beyond that, had an anointing. Because the priest, the high priest could have the anointing come upon him. They were separated unto God. So they actually had access to be able to hear from heaven and do different. But now those that are outside of that house, they did not, and he was compassionate. The diplomacy was compassion. He's healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils. He didn't go, well, you deserve that devil being you. Don't think I don't know about you. Right? Don't think I don't know about you. He knew about people. The woman comes and washes his feet with her tears, pours oil on him, and the religious like, man, if he is a prophet, my God, he know what kind of woman that is. Like, look at the anger in that, right? I can't believe it. I, don't even, I can't even believe he's, she's in my house right now. So Jesus gets diplomatic. Let me ask you a question. Now we got a couple people that's got some debts on they owe, right? He's being diplomatic. One has 10 bucks, they owe somebody. I'm, you know, I'm, that's not what the scripture actually says. Okay, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. 10 bucks, this one owes a million. Both are forgiven. Which one do you think love more because of him? He goes, I would suppose the one forgiven more debt, as you say correctly. He says, um, when I came into this house, you didn't kiss me. You didn't try to wash my feet. But this woman, though, her sins are many. Oh, I know about her. I know what kind of woman she is. But what she's doing right now, the world's going to know about it. Because my presence and what I've already done in the earth with the kingdom has caused this one to come over to my side. You're still hostile. Right? But too many, I'm telling you, carnal Christians, and we, I, I, I'm in the process of doing a book right now, and y'all have heard me preach on Equipped. And you know what we've said about Equipped? If all you do is educate the body of Christ, the best you can produce is a Pharisee. That's the best you can do. God never called us to, to educate the body. He called us to equip the body. And there's a difference. But most of the church is because people don't read the Bible, so they have no idea about their kingdom. They don't even know they're in a kingdom. So how can they even be an ambassador? How can they negotiate with these hostile nations and these people that are in hostility towards us? Because the world hates us. You understand the world hates the church. So every time, the church is the standard of God. Right? If you're going to stay an ambassador, then you're going to have to live... The lifestyle associated with righteousness. John said it this way. You have to live a life in keeping with repentance. Okay? You're going to have to live holy, blameless. You're going to have to work that thing out. Now, can you make a mistake? Sure. Will God forgive you? Yes. But your heart is not to live wrong. Your heart is to actually live who you are in Christ. You want to renew your mind. You want to please your father. You want to do whatever he says, whenever he says that, because you are a good son and daughter and you're an example of Jesus because I only do what that says. 
That's all I want to do because he loves me. I mean, he's the one who gave me this life. This is so easy for me to do this. So I'm not going to be led by my flesh. I'm going to be led by the spirit. And those who are led by the spirit, these. So people led by the flesh, I could question whether you are one. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a son of God and still be led by your flesh. Sure. Paul's like, why are you so carnal to the Corinthian church? I can't even speak to you about spiritual matters because you're so carnal. I mean, you're like mere men. You're babes in Christ. And the majority of believers on the planet now are babes. And man, when things get tough, because we know some scripture, we're going to try to negotiate with the world like a Pharisee. So what do we do? We should have a standard, but what's the church doing, especially in the U.S.? Well, the world is totally different than us. Well, we, we want to be relevant. Because the more moral, God-fearing, desiring to be holy towards God, because he made me holy anyway, and let that seem, then the world itself will rise to a level of morality. But the minute you try to come down and say, well, we're like the same. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know what? The world hates the church. They're like, forget that. I don't want to look like you look too much like me. I got to do more things worse. This is why our world is decaying, because the church is exhibiting such a low standard. And act like this is God, that the world's like, we hate God. How can I be drinking in the club right now and this guy's going to church tomorrow? This doesn't make any sense. To, you're you're going can, can to, can I order you another one, brother? Okay. Let's talk about the Lord. <laughs> this is happening. This is literally happening. And so we're, and, and this guy's like confused. He's like, I hate God. I, how in the world can I look like this guy right now? I mean, even those people know. Somebody right. Have you ever noticed how the world wants to tell us how to be believers? Well, you're a Christian. You're not supposed to. Well, how do you know that? Even the world knows the standards higher. Well, now, brother, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying. That's not diplomacy. That's carnality. And they're like, forget that, man. I got to go worse. I look too much like God, and I didn't even realize it. And we call that grace. That ain't grace. That's stupidity. That's what that is. Amen. Now, here's the thing. There's growth. I get it. So you can't just get locked in. This is the deal with diplomacy. Diplomacy is not black and white. Diplomacy is following the voice of the Lord because he knows what draws men. This is the issue. You can't just go in and, you know, just, I can't believe you're living like that. You're going to have to change. You know what? You know what? Do you know how many um, uh, servers are living an alternative lifestyle right now? Can I say it that way? Some servers that we, I know they're not living 
But I am, I talk to them. I treat them like a human being. I mean, I, I and I know, I, I, it's no, I mean, I had one server, a guy, he's like, man, I'm leaving, going to New Jersey, going to be up with my, you know, my, you know, um, my lover up there. All right. I'm like, really? You know, and you could tell every time he served, you know, that he was just searching. But at the end of the day, I never once talked to him about Jesus. I'm going to be honest with you. I never did. Why? Because I'm not stupid. Because I actually listen to the Holy Ghost. And some people aren't ready to have that conversation. He needed just the exposure of my life. Of my godliness. I mean, I won't open doors. So diplomacy is, I'm not talking to you about your sin. I'm, I, and he knows that I'm a preacher. And if he goes around and asks the other servers, well, how much tip did you get? You know what he won't be able to do? And he couldn't. They would never say, well, he didn't give me. I know what they're doing. I ain't giving them nothing. Like we act like we're supporting their habit. (laughs) Supporting their behavior. No, I'm going to show you God. Because while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for me. I mean, he, he paid the ultimate price of blood while we are living the most horrific life towards his kingdom. And I can't bless him with a $50 bill and be like, why is the church giving me money like this? They give me more money than my own kind. Because ultimately then when God starts talking to their heart, they'll be like, At the end of the day, you say, would you let people that are doing sin in the church? You're here. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, you sure didn't come in perfect. You still dealing with stuff now. But you know what diplomacy won't allow me to do? It won't allow me to let you start walking through the church and acting like how you're living is acceptable to God. Now my diplomacy will kick into another level. And my diplomacy would be, I have no opinion in the matter, but my king says. So I, and again, what does the world do? They're pushing and saying, you know, that we hate this sexual sin. We hate any sin, sexual sin. Sexual sin is not just same sex. It is fornication, which is a heterosexual relationship without marriage. That's sin. Now, I'm not kicking somebody out if they've done it. But what I'm doing is trying to demonstrate the love of God. Preach truth. You're going to hear that here. But at the end of the day, you have to make that choice. And I'm not against you. I will help you. I will do everything I need to do. Because again, some people and some, I, we are really going out of the way. Why? It's showing kindness because it's the kindness of God that draws men into repentance. But now my diplomacy kicks into another level if they are a so-called brother. This is why Jesus talked to Pharisees one way and others the other way. But carnal Christians only talk one way because they can't discern. They can't discern. Jesus had a, again, the guy comes up with leprosy and he said, Lord, if you're willing. He obviously already heard from the father. He's not doing anything that the father hasn't authorized. 
And the diplomatic approach for him and his ambassador is to bring the health care system of his kingdom to this hostile nation and show compassion. He could have said, son, you know why you leprosy? You want to tell you why you got leprosy? Now, it may not be that he's sinned and brought it on. It could be just because sin is in the earth. Symptoms in our body doesn't mean we've, are, we've been in sin. Certain diseases doesn't mean you've been in sin. Some can, yes. But again, discernment lets you know where that's at. My point is, is that Jesus wasn't blasted because everyone rightly were having the problems they were having because they all were fallen. But man, Jesus had the capacity as an ambassador to say, Dad, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to engage this national? He says, well, do this from our kingdom. Do this from our kingdom. That's why Acts 10, 38 said, look how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. All. Wow. Moses and Egypt is probably one of the greatest diplomatic models we have. God sends an ambassador. Moses, you're my ambassador. I'm here in heaven. You're on earth. I need you to go help my people. The ones I'm in covenant with, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Which turned into Israel. I need you to go help them. But I need you to go to the government. So we're going to get into a diplomatic relation. This is the kingdom side. This is my position. Tell them to let my people go. Just be a peaceful transfer. I'm not here. <laughs> I'm not here to roll this nation. <laughs> all, these, all this king's got to do is let my people go. Is that not what he did? But the king's like, I don't know your God. Right? I've never met your king. No, I'm not doing that. So the Lord said, well, we're going to have to bring some sanctions. You hear what I'm saying? We're going to have to apply some pressure. And we need them to change their thinking. Right? Moses didn't cry like a baby. Oh, yeah. How do you know you're living an ambassador life? Because you're not crying like a baby when the hostile nation opposes you. He didn't throw a temper tantrum. He didn't get all mad every time. Right? No. Now, he went and told the Lord, says, whoo, man, what, man, I didn't know it was going to get as bad for our own people. But again, why did Pharaoh retaliate? That's what happens in diplomacy. Someone's trying to muscle up on the other. I mean, right now in our own nation. It was just announced that China said, after a little military exercise, we're ready to go to war with the United States. My friends, that is a threat. That is a threat. Just saying that is basically saying, we're not intimidated with you. Now, that doesn't mean they're sending them, but they're just saying, we're ready to go. You don't want to fire a shot at us. Now, somebody's lying. <laughs> There's a bluff somewhere, right? At the end of the day. 
And Pharaoh was trying to show, I mean, but he lived by the natural. He saw his army, army. He saw his wealth. He saw all this. He's like, man, they slave. Don't talk to me. Your God is not going to get them out of this deal. But boy, did Lord start bringing, came back and reading it. Well, we'll just do it this way. He's like, and then even the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, has to ask the ambassador to get rid of part of the stuff. Can you get rid of the frogs, man? Can you ask the gnats to go? Why? Because he knows it didn't come from them. Right? Then even his own advisor starts saying, man, this, you might want to step away from this. Because this, this nation's got the upper hand. When God delivers them, right? When he delivers them, he sends in one special force guy. Okay. Just one. He sends one in at night. He tells his nation, you put blood on your doorpost because he's special forces, new guy. The only way he's going to get the doors right if you got blood on it. You don't get the blood on it? I mean, he's new. I'm, it's his first mission. <laughs> his first mission, okay. So we're going to help him put blood on your doors. All right. <laughs> now listen, if, Pastor Roman, if they had not obeyed, that angel would have killed an Israelite. Because the only reason that firstborn is protected in all is because the blood. And God didn't put the blood on it. They had to put the blood on it. All right. Hallelujah. God's in control. Well, if he is, why didn't he send a painter first? What are you doing? Painting your door? The Lord's in control. You just, just go back to sleep. We don't want you to do anything. You're a pathetic sheep. You can't do nothing, man. We got to do it all. I mean, y'all are the most high maintenance uh, uh, creation we've ever been around. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's modern day Christianity, is it not? You know, oh, can you bring me a tea while you're here? I mean, we're like making God serve us. God's like, now I'm sending my guy, first mission, put some blood on the door so you don't kill your kid. Honey, did you paint the door? No, you better paint that door. <laughs> but what did he do? He went through one guy one night. He was stealthy. Took out the firstborn. Man, that was. But is that where God. Did God alter. Now, God knows where he was going to have to go. Because he has intelligence already. Oh. You understand when you start. When you when the when the head of a nation sends their ambassador to negotiate. It's because they already have intelligence. God already knows how Pharaoh's going to respond before he even sends his ambassador. But he still, what's he do? It's not, I, it's not because I didn't give the king and the nation a chance. And they just chose the hard road. Then when the king's like, what have we done? <laughs> We're going to kill them all now. He's like, I got, man. I, and this is why I want my nation to see when you get over into the other side, that this can never come after you again. You're going to watch them die. You're never going to be thinking in the back, is Pharaoh coming? And you know what? That's what he did to the devil. He stripped the devil of his power so much that you don't have to look back and say, is the devil coming? 
Is he coming? Which means then we have intelligence on what we need to do to engage. This is diplomacy, and we're not even activating it. Joshua and Jericho. That's diplomatic relation. Diplomatic relation. Now you say, well, I don't remember him meeting with the leaders. No, God had met with them in the last 400 years. Because before Abraham... At a conversation with Abraham, he said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, you're going to have so many descendants. It's going to be like the sand of the sea and the stars in the sky. He said, but here's the deal. Your descendants are going to be stuck in a nation for 400 years. And then I'll go get them. And I'm going to bring them right here to what you're seeing. He says, I can't bring them here yet because the sins of the Amorites have not come to a fullness. Which means I've been, I'm going to be talking to these guys for the next few centuries. <laughs> diplomatically to repent. But when they don't listen, I'm taking the land. Because it's my earth anyway. Are you hearing me? It's my earth anyway. And that was what we consider a hard case that when the Lord shows up, now they already have knowledge. Remember what Rahab said? We heard about you guys. We have been in terror. Well, what's that mean? The Lord's already gave them a message from Egypt. You might want to open your gate. Right? But what did they do? They stayed shut up tightly. Nope, didn't do it. When they could have gotten out, they chose, no, we're going to fight. We ain't going, and we're going to trust in our walls. And what they put their trust in, God brought down. Yeah. And that's the same thing he did with Pharaoh. What Pharaoh trusted his gods, he brought, the, those, all those gods couldn't protect him. That's what all those plagues were about. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, what's that do for us? Let's try to close this down a little bit. Matthew 16, verse 18. That's just why it's so important for you to come to church. Okay? Go ahead, put that up. I'm going to read it. I give you the name Peter Stone, right? Okay. He says this because, again, they, he's asking them, who do people say that I am? Right? And they say, well, you're these prophets, da-da-da-da-da. He said, but who do you say that I am? They said, well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he says, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but, my, but by the Spirit my Father has. And then he calls him blessed, and he says, listen... And this truth of who I am, meaning I'm the Christ, I'm the king who's bringing the kingdom that I have no end according to Daniel, all right, will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church. And his church is not a brand new term and it's not a religious term. It was already in the earth. And that's why the passion gets it right. It says it's my legislative assembly. On Tuesdays, Anila, how many Tuesdays is this at the county? Tuesdays when they have their board meeting? First and third? On the first and third in St. John's County, they have a, a, a board of county commission meeting. In essence, they have an assembly. Right, you know, up in um, our state, I went and prayed. They were having an assembly, a, a legislative assembly, where they were creating laws, Debating to determine how we better govern the citizens. Are you hearing me? And if you want to know what they mean, you got to stay connected to that. If you want to know what kind of laws they're trying to pass, 
Because there are laws that are trying to destroy the church. And it's in the state level, it's in county and city levels, and it's in federal levels. Because there is a hostile government. But we are a legislative assembly. So church is when we come together as ambassadors in this embassy and we're hearing from the home country on how we need to handle things in our own personal lives, right? And really God talking to you about you is really just training so you'll be a better ambassador because you can't be a good ambassador if you don't represent him because your behavior looks like the world because you're going rogue. So he trains you to be a great ambassador so that you always embody the kingdom and then he will then tell you how to actually handle situations in your home, at work. He'll give you the capacity to negotiate. And that comes because you come to church and grow in the word. So he says, my, I'll build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the what? Keys of heaven's kingdom realm. Keys, plural. To forbid on earth that which has been forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which has been released in heaven. I know the King James says bind on earth, you know, and bind in heaven. You don't bind in heaven, on, you don't bind on earth before you bind in heaven. Heaven's telling you what we have, this is our position. Our position is bind this. And you're like, okay, as an ambassador, here's my position, we're binding that. Because it's already there in heaven that way. If heaven says we're going to lose this, then you're in your position, we're going to lose this. Yes. It's not my opinion. Yes. I don't have my own, I didn't come to serve my own will. Yes. Only the will of my father. Yes. Right? And so he will tell us. I remember when we first started, when we went over to this 312 location, we were in Campbell Rogers, shot over to this 312 location across from Cobblestone, and we were in two storefronts and a warehouse. And so we were, you know, first going to be there, 10,000 square feet, you know, it's going to be our new home. We were advertised this big sign, and some citizen of St. John's County went by who was not of a hostile nation. They were. Called the county and says, there's a church going in here. We don't like it. Are they doing right? And man, we're in there painting, getting ready for service. And then all of a sudden, an inspector from the county shows up and tells us that we can't do any more work and that we are not even allowed in the building. We're not authorized, which was surprising because when we got into the lease anyway, with the owner, I called zoning and I asked them about zoning. It was under a, what they call a commercial, the general and churches can be in that area. So this is a shock to me. So I just got into diplomacy. I'm going to give you a real life testimony. So I came up cause I was in the back, saw him there and I shook his hand and he said, y'all can't work here. You know, he was pretty staunt. You know, he was kind of like, he got his badge here, right? I'm the authority, don't even talk to me. It's kind of that kind of approach, right? But I was soft in diplomacy. So what's happening? You know, okay. He said, now don't shoot the messenger cause he was expecting a response of retaliation. I'm like, hey, you're just doing your job, no problem. He got shocked by that statement. I said, I am a little confused. I mean, I had called the county about it. They said I was. He said, well, you know, you're not zoned for this. I said, that's very surprising, but that's fine. Can you give me a name? He goes, he literally said this. You're really taking this well. I said, sir, you're just doing your job. It's no big deal. I just, 
honestly, I just need a name. I mean, I'm going to have to obviously go work it out. He goes, wow. He goes, well, anytime I go to church, no one's ever responded like you. That means they yelled at him. They got mad at him. They were Pharisee pastors. So because I responded diplomatically, peace, trying to restore peace. There's obviously something going on here that I'm unaware of. How can we restore peace? I said, now, listen, I got this one challenge, you know, can you help me? You know, I said, the church will be here on Sunday. I have no way to be able to communicate with everyone that we can't be in this location. You know, would it be okay if we come Sunday so I can let them know what's going on? Obviously, the next day was Friday. I will get down to zoning. I'll find out what's going on. Then I can inform them and we can obviously make decisions. He says, yeah, that's fine. He goes, we don't even work on the weekend anyway, so that's no problem. Y'all can come. He gave me permission to assemble. In a building, he's already told me I'm not authorized in. So then I went to the county, met with the zoning manager, had a meeting. And I said, you know, told him who I was. Oh, yeah, you know, because they know. Oh, it's that church. You know, already got the buzz about it, right? And everybody's looking around at the guy that's coming in that's from that church. That's serious. That's how that went down. And so they showed me and gave me, you know, told me why, you know, it's a PUD actually. Oh, okay. And though, you know, it meets, you know, it's, it's underneath, you know, commercial general and commercial intensive. Uh, the reality is it's a PUD and these are the allowable uses and church is not on there. I said, wow. Okay. I said, well, can I have a copy of that? She said, yep, no problem. So I got a copy of that, sent it to my attorney. Cause again, your zoning manager, you're doing what you've been told, but I'm fixing to go up a notch. <laughs> Right? Because again, I'm being diplomatic. I was nice, wasn't upset, nothing. As far as they were concerned, they thought, okay, that worked out well, you know, on to the next client. Well, I called my attorney. My attorney later said, now, Pastor Earl, this first paragraph right here says you meet the spirit of intent. And in this list of PUDs, okay, down here, you know, there is a Moose Lodge, which is a 501c3. And there is a federal law called the RLUIPA that prohibits communities from discriminating against churches that if they allow a nonprofit to be in a location, they cannot discriminate against the church being in the like location. So because you meet the spirit and intent, even though they don't have you in the list, obviously you meet the qualification, you can go. Now listen, that doesn't mean they could throw you in jail if all they want to do is interpret it that way. But I'm telling you, you do have a legal standing. I said, I'll take that. So my diplomacy changed. At that point, I'm like, I'm not leaving. I didn't leave. So at that point, I went to the congregation, told them, went back to zoning on Monday, handed them their own zoning. And I said, Told them this whole thing that I just said with, and they said, we've never interpreted it that way. I said, well, I'm in the business of changing people's thinking. <laughs> right? This was diplomacy. This is not me getting mad. This is not me saying, well, I guess God didn't call me to St. Augustine because it didn't work out. Or, you know, I'm going to go to another community. Like most pastors do when they hit their first trial in a community because it's been three great years. And maybe I'll go plant a church somewhere else. No, I just listened to the king. At that point, they realized, well, 
That could be a challenge for us because I gave them a federal law that then they went to their county attorney about. So they came back to me and says, you know what? We're suggesting that you do a major modification. And that is you get your name added to the list. I said, well, I can do that. That's no problem. I'm doing diplomacy. I have no problem doing that. If that's, if that's what we need to do, that's no big deal to me. I mean, legally, I know I don't have to do this. But we'll do this. They'll say, okay, it's an application fee be $1,500. I said, why am I paying $1,500 that I legally don't have to do the thing in the first place? I understand. So, Pastor, this is our suggestion that you fill out the application and then you ask for a waiver. Right? Okay, I'll ask for a waiver. Fine. So I had to go before the board, the five power seats, right, of the county for doing major modification to get my name added to a list that I don't have to get added to. But this is diplomacy. You understand? I didn't go like, I don't have to do it, and I'm not, and we're going to do the church, and then y'all bring the law. I mean, how stupid is this? I could have been in the paper that way. But God was doing more for Anchor Faith Church the way I was doing it. Because I was doing it the king's way. Well, I get up there and they say, just tell them you're, you're a new church. You don't have a whole lot of money. That's what they wanted me to say. That was their counsel to me. I'm like, okay. So I got up there and I told them, you know, I said, I'm, you know, I'm doing major modifications so we can be here to get church added to the list. You know, we are a church and we're asking for an exemption you know, from having to pay it. I didn't tell them we were broke because we weren't. <laughs> I said, but, you know, if that's not enough, I have more information that I could share. And I stepped back and one of the county attorneys said, well, go ahead and tell your information. I said, there's a federal law by the name, boom, and I just went off like a lawyer, literally. I mean, I had anointing for that. Hit me. And they're all like looking at each other like this and they're looking down at the county attorney and the county attorney is looking like this and going, So after that, they're like, we'll waive your fee and then move the, so I had to go to the PZA, which is planning and zoning agency. I got to go before 10 people now just so that I can get people and then they can put it in the paper because if anybody has a problem with me coming, we want the public on this stuff. That's fine. This is diplomacy. No problem. Went to the 10, all 10 of them say, we approve, we recommend that you be there and they add you to the list. Unanimous. Went back to the, the board. Now all the while. I am in the building. But you know what the hostile nation is doing? They're still trying to create conflict. And one of the conflicts is you're an assembly. That's your, uh, that's your occupancy. And you are in a um, mercantile. And these spaces were designed for mercantile. And the fire rating of a wall in between mercantile is only one hour. But you got to have a two-hour firewall. Now, the building in the back, which was 3,400 square feet, it was separated from the building, which made it a four-hour fire rating. So I could come out of 7,000, squeeze us into three, and did that. While we put up sheet rot three layers deep on the other side in the building where no one was in. There was no other tenants. We were the only ones in the building. But this is diplomacy. What is this? This is, I understand your rules and regulations. I have no problem with it. Even though this is a little bit asinine, no problem. Because at the end of the day, God wants us to have peace. 
I don't want to be considered a jerk like most Christians get. So we're putting three layers of sheetrock on one wall. That was pretty awesome. We negotiated with that because they had offices connected and we're like, man, we have to tear that out. I'm, I'm giving you all of it right now. This is very difficult. Most of y'all have never heard this. But they allowed us to do three layers only on one side to meet the rating. I got it completed, wanted them to inspect, had a guest minister in, okay? But they didn't make the inspection. They didn't come. So my conscience wouldn't let me do it in the church. So I held the service outside. Because at the end of the day, I'm not, in this case, the diplomacy is, wait for the inspection. So they came the next week, inspected, we moved into the space. I had to go back before the board. And at that point, we had one person had public comment. Have you seen their website? You know what all they're gonna do? They're gonna do this, da, 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 da. I said, I said sir, we're beginning church. I said, most of the stuff in our vision could never be in this location. This is definitely temporary. You know, we're going to be here for a season, then we're going somewhere else. Lo and behold, they didn't know we were going to the mall and going to take it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I was right when I said this wasn't big enough. <laughs> Lo and behold, they didn't know. If they had only known, you know, I didn't put that in the website, we taking the mall. I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't know at that time. Anyway, four out of five said we should be there. We should be there. So we got our pass. Now here's sad story, but true. The one that said no stayed hostile towards the church and the king took it personal. Six months later, they were caught embezzling money. They were thrown in jail and within two years they committed suicide in there. Probably should have said yes. You, David said, man, I, I mean, the Bible talks about you don't want to be around an angry God. You don't want to be in his wrath. Right? Now, guys, when it came to COVID, diplomacy was different. Because I had our government come to me and say, we need you to keep the preschool open in this building. Oh, okay, because nurses in Flagler are dropping their kids off at your preschool. Nurses that are dealing with COVID patients are dropping their kids off in our preschool? Yes. Okay. We need you to stay open. Okay. We're going to clean, but we don't want the church. I said, nah, it's not going to happen. I can clean this facility Monday through Friday. Kids who are going home with moms that have been around COVID in a hospital and you're going to act like I can't take care of my congregation on a Sunday and a Wednesday. But I diplomatically, we did do compromise. I shut down the Mighty Men Monday meetings. We didn't do any extra stuff like with Kingdom Institute. We didn't do that. Well, we might have kept Kingdom Institute because it was a small number. We did do that. But we only did our Sunday, Wednesday night service, Kingdom Institute, nothing else we did. So that was a diplomatic move. But you know what? The hostile nation drove by, cussed us out, threatened us on social media. They would kill us. I had to hire security, literally. 
Right? Y'all remember that? But what happened? At the end of the day, it all negotiated out. God moved on our governor, ended up putting a big push for the church in general. We then the county attorneys that were involved with me, his full circle, the county attorneys who were involved with me during the very first occasion, and I've gone in and done many permits since then, and I've had them say, I remember when you came in the first time. Well, you created quite a ruckus. I was going to come to your church, but I was like, man, I don't know if people know I'm going there because you shot, you sent waves. So I didn't send waves. My, my kingdom sent waves, right? My kingdom. <laughs> so we're planning. Wow. What are we, what are we going to do with our service? We, we said, okay, we could take this outside. No big deal. We are not forsaking the assembly itself together. We're going to do this. So we had this plan of going outside. We're going to be here. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. The same day, our governor comes out and says, churches are essential, right? Which again, I don't need his approval, but I'm just saying God did that. At the end of the day, next thing you know, we're calling the county attorney because we have a relationship. And we're like, what are you doing with what he said? He said, man, we just got to hot off the press ourselves. We're looking at it, right? So the county administrator and the county attorney at the time took it upon themselves, didn't even ask, wrote a letter and said, Anchor Faith Church can assemble lawfully based upon this order that he came out with, da-da-da-da-da, and we put it on the front door. Yeah, put it on the front door. Because our kingdom got into diplomatic relations. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? This is how we have to... If you can't even take care of yourself, God's not using you to represent bigger things. But when you take care of yourself, God will start allowing you to represent different things. There are things we can do as diplomats that will stop nations. I know our U.S. government is not asking the church to pray about what to do with China but I don't need their authorization. Because Rama, long before the wall fell down in Germany, got it in the spirit by Brother Hagen and, is that right, Pastor Darrell? And they were praying, every meeting they went, they were praying that the wall would come down. What were they doing? They were using diplomacy. They were fighting the battle where the battle was, principalities and powers. And it moved things around so that a leader would actually get elected in our nation that then took a natural diplomacy and says, tear that wall down, and the wall came down. I'm telling you, the church has to do the same thing. We're against principalities and powers. The, the bamboo curtain is what we call it when it's China, has not come down. But we could make force by it. Again, sure, we could nuke our whole place out, right? We could have all kind of bombers. I don't have a problem with your natural show of force, but the church could pray and cripple nations because we know Elijah prayed so that rain wouldn't show up in his own nation and it crippled it. So again, but we're not even asked because we're not even being diplomatic. All we're trying to do is live our best life now. Hallelujah. God's called Anchor Faith Church. He said to my wife and I, I'm closing with this. He said, you'll be 
a forerunner ministry. Told me that. Now, forerunner ministry is John the Baptist. I've always been drawn to the ministry of John the Baptist. Because, and that's why I love John 3.30. I must decrease and he must increase. It's easy. But he announced the coming king. Now, I can't prove it. But it seems that we're living in the last of the last days so much. We know we are the closest to the catching away of the church ever. And could it be that Anchor Faith Church literally is the forerunner who right now in St. Augustine, Valdosta, India soon, Managua, another one in Lyon, in uh, Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic, Chicago, Connecticut, maybe at some other time as well. And who knows at other locations, those ministries, those, that church, Anchor Faith Church, is going to herald the kingdom. John the Baptist's message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do you believe the kingdom of heaven is at hand again? Man, I believe the kingdom of heaven is at hand again. And that we could be living in the age, that time frame, right at the end. I mean, we're in the age. I'm talking about in that last of the last, where the tr we hear the trumpet sound. So I'm telling you, it, I don't know how old you are, but you should really try to hold out for 120. Because think about it. If the Lord did come back in 2030, 2035, 2040, and you could make it to that, wouldn't you want to just be changed? In the moment and a twinkling of an eye. Wouldn't that be amazing? Because somebody's going to have that experience. That's going to happen. Right? And I believe that this is the mandate that we have is to take our foundation of faith that we receive from Rhema and on top, building on that, the kingdom of God. When I say build, I'm talking rightly divine the word of truth is what we learned at Rhema and now we're preaching the kingdom of God. That's what we're going to do. Which means that he's assembling ambassadors. And I'm going to tell you what the last end time harvest looks like. Are you ready for this? It's not singing. It's not. It is churches having people. But it's, the reason they're there is because you, as ambassadors, are going out, laying hands on the sick, casting out devils. It's, this ain't the pastor show. This ain't an apostle show. This ain't an evangelist show. This is a saint show. It's the church maturing where all of us realize we got a part to play in this kingdom. We're ambassadors, and I can lay hands on this. I can be a diplomat in this location right now and bring heaven to earth in this environment. And when we're all doing that, man, that hostile territory is going to lose a lot of people. We won't get them all. But we know this, your king will not protect you as long as you stay within your assignment. I can't guarantee that you wouldn't die. Paul knew he was going to die, but he couldn't die before it was time. Same thing with Jesus. They tried to kill him multiple times. Wouldn't do it till it was time. Now, most of us are not going to go out being martyred, but I don't want to give fantasy and think if you're an ambassador, you can never die. I'm not saying that. I am saying that they can't take you. You would know that's how it's going to go. And you would say, I have fought the good fight. I've run the race. I've finished my course. You would know that. But that's a minority. Most of us are just going to live on. And could be 
that we never experience the grave. Hallelujah. So you come to church, why? To get the art and practice of diplomacy so that you're always led by the Spirit on how you're going to navigate around people and show them the kingdom. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. Thank you.